This podcast is sponsored by Explore Worldwide. Explore offers guided travel holidays from city breaks to honeymoons. Explore's local tour guides and their small group adventures give travellers the opportunity to experience a country and not merely observe it. Whether it's a food and drink tour in the hilltop towns of Tuscany or a walking tour in the rice fields of Vietnam, Explore puts their trust in the quality of their local tour leaders so you get a better insight into your holiday destination. Head to exploreworldwide.com. Hello and welcome to today's independent travel podcast with me, Simon Calder, and a very special day today because I am with one of the I guess, nobility of the travel industry, certainly the adventure travel industry, Daryl Wade, um, who is the chair for... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is sponsored by Explore Worldwide. Explore offers guided travel holidays from city breaks to honeymoons. Explore's local tour guides and their small group adventures give travellers the opportunity to experience a country and not merely observe it. Whether it's a food and drink tour in the hilltop towns of Tuscany or a walking tour in the rice fields of Vietnam, Explore puts their trust in the quality of their local tour leaders so you get a better insight into your holiday destination. Head to exploreworldwide.com. I'm a CEO and also co-founder of Intrepid Travel, which... um, is, I believe, the world's largest provider of adventure travel experiences. Have I got that vaguely right? You probably have, Simon. I'm not sure about the nobility piece. I can maintain questions. I'll question that a little bit. But uh, yeah, look, that's roughly my background. Yep. So talk about co-founding then. Um, the world has never, or for the last 50 years, it certainly hasn't been short of um, uh, companies providing adventure travel experiences. So what, what did um, Intrepid set out to do different? Um, I think I, I'd done a lot of backpacking um, before we started Intrepid and I had a year travelling across Asia and then went back and got a so-called real job for a while and then had another year travelling through Africa. And, and it was during that period that I kind of just realised two things. One, I, I didn't want to go back to a conventional job, um, so I've managed to avoid that for the last 35 years. Um, and, and secondly, uh, and this perhaps might sound more unusual is that I didn't think anyone was really catering for people the way I like to travel and so what I meant by that is it's it's fine to get your Lonely Planet book and, and head off for a long period of time and you know I absolutely adored doing that but no one was catering for people who only had two weeks or maybe three weeks annual leave but wanted to travel in a similar type of 
uh, ethos, let's call it, to Lonely Planet. And so that was the idea. So traveling as a backpacker almost, perhaps a little bit above that level, but being organized in what you do and what you see and who you meet and, and just getting under the skin of the destination. So that was kind of the, the thesis, if you like. So at the same time that people were saying, oh, you sign up for our overland truck and it will take you 10 weeks to get across Africa, you were saying, we understand you don't have 10 weeks, so let's provide you with some intense travel experiences. That's it. But also, we didn't want to have a truck. We didn't, you know, so part of the thinking was that a little bit like the average Lonely Planet traveller, we wanted to use local buses and river boats and trains and, and anything moves, if you like. And similarly, not staying in conventional hotels, but staying guest houses or national park lodges or on overnight trains or, or whatever it is. And so really just have that huge variety and, and in a way, freedom of uh, exploring a destination, the, I guess, the way we like to. And to a certain extent, I think the way you like like to well having a really good idea and actually turning that into a successful business is quite a lot that comes um in between so how did you do all that well, well, to this day, I don't know whether it's good luck or good management it's probably a degree of both I would imagine um you know because when we started it pretty much everyone we talked to about the idea said oh don't do that you know no one wants to do that because no one does do that you know in terms of that kind of organized backpacking type thing and um and so we thought well, we'll give it a crack anyway and that's my wife very kindly said um look what's the worst can go wrong you know in in 12 months time or whatever you go and get a real job again so anyway um it turned out to be okay in the early days fortunately you know, four or five years on, we, we started to actually kick into real gear and, and we've actually accelerated our growth rather than anything. So it's, um, yeah, it's been quite a ride, but it's, it's fun. Well, yeah, except it hasn't been fun from really the start of 2020 till, gosh, uh, where do you come and date it? I guess, um, chi yeah, China not fully open um, and, and back to normal life. So um, COVID, just absolutely awful for everybody in the travel industry, but I would have thought providers of adventure travel, particularly where that involves crossing borders, um, even worse. Look, that's probably true. And when, when COVID landed, you know, in, in February, March of, of 2020, we had uh, travellers in 80 different countries and, you know, we had to get them home. <laughs> so that was incredibly um, difficult period. And, and then, you know, that's just from a, a human point of view, if you like. Um, but then you go into the, the even harder period, which is uh, we're laying people off, you know, and this is people who have, have not done anything wrong. They're great staff members, but you literally, to keep the company vaguely afloat, um, we had to had to do that. And, and then you start to look at your supply chain, you know, all the hoteliers and all the transport operators and all the, uh, just the locals who do various services for you. They've got no income at all. So, you know, people say, oh, it's tough for tour operators. And yes, of course it was. But I tell you what, it was far tougher for those people on the ground who got 100% of their income uh, from tourism, probably no government support in a lot of the countries that we travel in. Uh, you know, in the UK or Australia, where I'm from, there's, you know, pretty good levels of government support. Uh, well, in, in Egypt or Morocco or Thailand or Peru, no, that, that's just not there. Were there growing pains when you restarted operations? Lots and lots of uh, parts of the travel industry struggled with um, just very simple operational stuff. Yeah, there was. And um, you're right. And, and to a certain extent, the things we took for 
granted almost, um, you know, just having availability of staff to run trips. Uh, it just wasn't the case. And so we had a, a mad recruitment drive to, to get up to speed because business bounced back far faster than we expected it to. I think faster than anyone expected it to. And um, so we were recruiting like mad, but not only was recruiting hard, but training was doubly hard because we didn't necessarily have as many people with that uh, you know, wisdom and experience to, to get the training happening like we would normally. So, yeah, for six to nine months, it was um, really tough going. But um, since start of 24, uh, start of 23, it's, it's really been back to normal, if you like. And, you know, our passenger feedback levels are just where they always were. And so we're, we're relaxed about it now. But, yeah, it was, it was a tough period. It really was. And looking ahead to 2024, where, where are you excited about people travelling to? Um... Look, I, I don't have anywhere in particular that's mindful. Um, we, we know our forward bookings into Europe, which is you know not exactly a new destination, but they're particularly high. Um, interestingly enough, our South American uh, bookings are not particularly high, and that that hasn't res- uh, it's one of the very few regions of the world that hasn't returned to uh, pre-COVID levels. Um, so, like Europe, we're up twenty-five percent. Middle East, uh, Morocco, we're up thirty percent on our best year ever this year, but uh, South America not so. So I'm kind of half thinking it might be the the year of South America just in terms of picking up that latent demand. You know, airfares are starting to settle down again uh, in terms of the affordability to get to to long haul destinations like South America. Um, So maybe it'll be South America next year, but not sure. I do have to ask about the Middle East. Clearly, um, there's an awful lot of concern about the terrible humanitarian catastrophe that's happening in Israel and Gaza. Uh, and that is inevitably having an effect on the wider region. I'm just um, looking, some cruise companies have cancelled large numbers of their voyages. And, and clearly, you do a lot in the Middle East. Um, what, what, what are you doing? What are you um, telling clients? What are you... What, what, what's your overall position at the moment? And obviously it's a very fast-moving situation. It is. It's, it's really fast-moving. And so in that sense, even though, you know, this, this podcast is live almost, um, it, it's hard to give a categoric answer. And, you know, I guess the categoric answer is always follow government advisories and, and be safe and be careful. Um, but um, we, we'll see what happens. I think in Egypt, you know, which is right next door to Gaza, um, we've definitely seen quite a lot of cancellations over the last two weeks, two to three weeks. Um, so that's uh, worrying, uh, worrying for the people of Egypt, to be honest, it's not not worrying for us because people tend to rebook somewhere else but for the for the you know people on the ground in Egypt yes it's very worrying but even as far away as Morocco which is an awfully long way from Gaza is getting significantly higher cancellations than you would expect like everywhere else is fine Europe's fine North America's fine um, but yes that um, uh, Mediterranean ring is is definitely under a bit of pressure at the moment. Let's go back to where we started and the difference that, that you wanted to make with Intrepid. Um, is Intrepid still making a difference and what is it? Yeah, you'd like to think so. Um, and, uh, um, I, I feel like it's a double-edged sword tourism. On, on the one hand, tourism really is a very positive um, 
power of good, you know, for change and in terms of the, the money tourism spends and the uh, jobs it provides and the people lifted out of poverty is a direct result of tourism, particularly in relatively poor developing countries. Um, that's really, really positive. Um, the flip side of that is climate change. And, you know, I just don't think we can avoid our responsibility on climate change. And, um, you know, as a, as a tour operator and a long haul tour operator in very many cases, we've got a, a distinct uh, responsibility there as our whole industry does and and um, you know we at Intrepid we have science-based targets and we're on a real decarbonisation bent and, and we're heading in the right direction but too much of our industry is not and I think we're um, we're still growing in fact the tourism industry generally grows nearly twice the global GDP growth rate um, which is good in some respects but in terms of carbon emissions, it's, it's not good at all. And so I think we have to do more both as travellers and travel companies and governments to uh, decarbonise because if we don't, in fact, the, the thing we love about the travel industry is going to be threatened. Um, you know, the, the reality is seawater levels will rise, beaches will go underwater, snowfields will disappear. So all the things that we get into as tourists um, will be under threat. So we've got an actual vested interest in doing something about it. And a final very quick question. Of all the intrepid trips that are on offer, if I said, right, Daryl, you can go anywhere you want to tomorrow, where would it be? Um, well, interesting. I probably, uh, I tend to be a person who likes to go to places I haven't been before. But I think if I had to go to somewhere I have been before, Myanmar, Burma would be right up the top of the list. Of course, that's not in great stakes uh, shape at the moment with these own issues um, but I'm um, I've just booked a trip to Central Asia and the Stans uh, for next year which I uh, I've never been to that corner of the world so I I just cannot wait to get there in fact I'm on the ground for a full month there which will be great Daryl Wade chair and co-founder of Intrepid Travel thank you very much indeed for your time Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.